joining us for this podcast series from Citadel Chambers, a leading and progressive set of barristers specialising in crime and situated in the heart of Birmingham. We'll be taking a close look at the issues that impact on the cases the barristers deal with in court. If you're a barrister at another chambers, or if you're thinking about becoming a barrister, you'll be interested in our special podcasts about the working lives of the barristers at Citadel Chambers. I'm your host, Rebecca Harding, and I'll be joined by a range of experts from Citadel, from Queen's Council through to their junior barristers. They can all be contacted via the Citadel website, citadelchambers.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Barristers are on strike across England and Wales in a long-running dispute over pay and conditions. However, many people are unclear as to the reasons for this strike. John Binks, Director at Citadel Chambers in Birmingham, talks to us about the issue, what has led to this situation and what it means for the future, not only for barristers and for individuals, but also for justice in our country. So hello, John. How are you doing? You all right? I'm, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, apart from the fact we're on strike, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm on top form. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So tell me, I mean, you're getting your 15% pay rise next year anyway. Why, why is this happening? Is this not, is 50% not enough for these barristers? Um, I think the short answer to that is, is no, it isn't. Uh, and, and I can fully accept that uh, in, in the, you know, in, in the context of today, anybody else looking at 15% uh, would think that that is overly, overly generous and certainly far more than anybody else is, is being offered. But I think as with all things, it's, it's, it's important to understand the history and the background uh, to this dispute. Right. And, and really what's been going on for the last uh, probably more than 20 years Um and possibly the best way to, to illustrate that is just to take a, a, a notional figure uh, to, to look at what will be paid for a piece of work in 2008 and look in real terms at what's paid for the same work today. Uh, 2008 was important because that was the last real review of, of barristers' fees. And I've started been saying, even the fees that were agreed in 2008 were agreed extremely grudgingly by the bar. We're not looking back to sort of a golden age here. Right. Uh, we're looking at a, a date uh, prior to which, again, there'd be no real fee increases for years but but taking a, a, a notional piece of work for which a barrister may have been given 1,500 quid uh, in, in 2008, you can track that figure through to 2021, firstly by looking at actual fee reductions that were imposed um, in between 2010 and 2012. So when austerity was increased, effectively money was removed from all barristers' pockets uh, okay. a unilateral government decision. Um, there has been one small pay review between now and 2008, and that was in 2017, when on average there was probably an increase of, of about um, 5%. Uh, but also between 2000, uh, 2008 and about 2020-21, uh, cumulative inflation was actually uh, slightly over um, 24%. So in, in, in real cash terms, what that means is that piece of work worth £1,500 in 2008 um, was reduced down to £1,297 
in 2012. It was pushed back up to 1362 uh, in in 2018. Um, But when we actually overlay inflation on that, that piece of work worth 1,500 quid in 2008 is worth in today's terms about 990 pounds. So there's there's been a a huge reduction. Um, And when I apply that 24% inflation, I'm not looking at at what's happened in in, uh, late 2021, 2022 there. I'm looking at inflation in 2021. Obviously, everybody is subject to the cost of living squeeze at the moment. And that's that's not why we're asking for money. This is all historical. Um, so, So the bottom line is the government are offering... 15%. 15%. If I was to add that 15% to the current uh, real life brief fee, uh, what we got 1,500 quid for in 2008, we will now get 1,138 for. Now, the, what, what the actual uh, bar after is 25%. So if we add 25% to the, to, to the 990, uh, instead of having 1,500 pounds in, in 2008, we get 1,237 pounds now. So even if we get our demands, we're still behind where we were. But the bar is willing to settle for that. Yeah. And can I just, for people that are listening, could you explain what that £1,500 would be in terms of work? You know, what, what are you talking about for that £1,500? Um, well, £1,500 could be... Uh, it could be a, a trial that would last possibly two days. Um, what we tend to get paid mostly are fixed fees with small bolt-ons for attendances, but it, it, it could be it could be a bottom end trial. Um, therefore, it's important to think that is not fifteen hundred pounds for a barrister attending court on one day. That could involve multiple hearings running up to that day. It will involve preparation. It could involve conferences. Uh, and could involve ultimately a couple of days in court. So it's it's a lot of work. It's a huge amount of work, actually. I mean, anybody, I think, you know, like myself, that's had anything to do with it, any kind of, I've hastened to have not a criminal case, but any kind yeah. of court case, it is it is a lot of work doing that. Yeah. But also these guys are self-employed as well. And I think that's been missed out of the mix. So then they've got to pay all their other expenses as well, haven't they? So Yeah, absolutely. And, and the way... And, and, and the way chambers work is they they pay a percentage of their income uh, into running chambers. So so the reality is that they're squeezed at both ends. At the income end, the fees have not gone up, but they've got to pay percentages in order to cover the running costs of chambers. And obviously, between now and two thousand and eight, the running costs of chambers have gone up. So whereas, for example, an average rent that they will pay on, on that that money coming in, maybe 15%, say in 2008, it's going to be at least 19% uh, now. Now, I'd also stress that it's evident that that, that increase of 4% no way covers the inflationary gap that's developed in running chambers since 2008. And what that means is staff are being squeezed, staff are being paid less, uh, and a lot of staff working in chambers, diary clerks, are, are, are extremely skilled, extremely competent people who've had 20 or 30 years' experience. And one thing that's being missed here is that uh, we are losing a lot of a lot of members of the criminal bar because of the fact the fees have not been increased. But also, there's an administrative structure underpinning all that. There's, there's a chamber system. And as well as the barrister system being degraded, 
The chamber system's being degraded as well. So it's not just a question of the fact we've not got enough barristers. It's a question we've not got a system that can service them anymore. And, and the thing is, a lot of going over to work in the commercial sector, aren't they, a lot of the barristers? So um, are moving from criminal. I mean, is this going to really suck out a lot of the experience from the criminal sector? What kind of impact is that going to have? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, what what um, what government can't grasp or don't want to grasp because they only need to look two years ahead. Well, of course, Boris is looking to 2030 now, isn't he? But but what they what they can't grasp is the bar is an organic structure. Uh, you know, it takes to get a senior barrister. There's about 20 years training in there, and our judges come from that cadre of, of senior barristers. And and I can tell you that really, for the past 15, 20 years, a lot of chambers have not been recruiting. You know, you can see huge gaps opening up in the mid range of chambers, and particularly you see it with uh, with women barristers, uh, you know they are. There is there is there is there is a wasteland in in the middle of the of the development structure of the criminal bar, and what that wasteland is going to hit in a few years is the judiciary. And if people see, if people think there are not a lot of women judges at, at the moment, in a few years' time, we'll be where we were forty years ago, because because people are falling out. They cannot afford um, to, to to have children, to have a family. Uh, you know, we're, we're back in the sort of sixties and seventies where one partner has got to make the decision, and because of the way the system works, ultimately, it's it's the woman. And there is simply not enough money in the system to bring those people through. And it's doing incalculable damage. And if the money tap is turned back on now, you know, we're still going to have a huge problem. Yeah, you've still got that gap existing where it's already happened. Yeah, Yeah, all that damage has been done and we can't put that right. All we're trying to do now is to limit uh, the extent of the damage that's been caused. So what's the situation currently at Citadel? What's happening there for you? Uh, well, everybody, you know, every, everybody is is following the action, um, and it's extremely difficult for people. You know, I think I think people need to understand, and people don't think it through that uh, these guys are self-employed. If they're not working, they've not got paid. Uh, they've 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 come through COVID. Uh, they they were a so-called essential service. They were required to uh, keep working. Uh, actually, when we went through COVID, we had to keep chambers running. There wasn't a lot of work in the courts, which meant that the overheads that we, we the money we needed coming in to run chambers wasn't there. We were forced, as with many other chambers were, to do to take to take COVID loans. Uh, so, you know, people are not in a strong financial situation, yet they are still prepared uh, to start radically reducing the amount of work that they are taking. Uh, and people are doing it because they think they've got no they think they've got no option. They feel they're being threatened. They feel they're being threatened by by the judiciary. But they're doing this to try and preserve the criminal bar because the damage that's being done will be catastrophic if nobody takes a stand. Well, Lord Burnett said that they could face disciplinary proceedings for misconduct if they don't turn up to court. I mean, how do people feel about that? Um, they, they They are upset. I think younger people are frightened. Um, if you know, if if you get a wasted costs order against you, which you you potentially could do for not doing attending attending court, uh, if if you apply for, to be a judge in a few years' time, one of the questions on the form is, have you ever had a wasted costs order made against you? You know, it's serious. 
So, so people, this isn't an idle thing for for any members of the bar to do. You know, the government have taken advantage of the professional dedication of the criminal bar for years. They they thought they can pay less and less and less, and people will simply carry on doing the work because they've nowhere else to go. And it's an incredibly, and I'm not saying this isn't just a conservative part, a conservative government. This was happening under the last Labour government. You know, it's an incredibly cynical approach that because these people are dedicated, they'll just carry on doing it because they've got no choice. And um, people are upset. Some people, some people are frightened. Some people are very concerned about their clients. But they've got to the point where their view is there is no other line of action for them to take. So, I mean, you mentioned the junior barristers are frightened by this. Are your senior and junior barristers thinking the same within chambers, or is the thinking slightly different? Um, no, I think it's. I think it's fair to say everybody. Everybody feels the same. You know, the reality of life is if if you're a bit more senior, if you've got a bit more standing uh, in in the profession. Uh, the concern of being given uh, a dressing down by a judge that you may have known for 30, 40 years may not be the same as if, if you've been around for five years or or, or six years. But but the, the, the real thing is, though, the pressure on the younger ones is, is the greatest because what the, they've, they've, they've committed to a profession that they hope to be in for the next 30 or 40 years. Um, so, you know, it's really for them to fight over it. And some of the senior guys, they're really doing it for the younger people. Right. So and how many other chambers have come out? I mean, is everybody else out in support in Birmingham? Because you're based in Birmingham. So are there other people picketing? What's what's the deal? With the there, there were people, yeah, there, there, were, there were people outside Birmingham this morning. Uh, all, all chambers are involved, you know, to, to be fair. And, and this is the reality of the bar. You know, we we know that, that some members of the bar are doing some work today. But if I look at what they are doing, it's because, for example, it's a case involving a child. It might be a case involving a, a, a victim who's been waiting uh, for an offender to be sentenced for the last 18 months. You know, so there are some there are still some things that some people cannot walk away from even though their fellow members are picking it out, picking the outside chambers. And in fact, I mentioned it to, to one of our silts, one of our QCs. And people completely understand that. You know, they understand if one or two people are doing something, it's because it's, it's a need that's so extreme, uh, even in these circumstances, they won't turn their back on it. And one of the things that I've heard people sort of put forward as an argument against this is that, you know, by going on strike, you're not helping people, that you're actually just thinking about yourselves and, and that you're forgetting your clients, whether you're prosecuting or defending. What's your response to that? Well, I think, you know, I think I'd ask that question to a victim, a rape victim, who's been waiting three years for their trial to be heard. Uh, or, or ask that question of somebody, you know, who is innocent and is accused of a crime. And again, they are waiting two or three years. And these are common periods of time. And all that's going to happen, this is going to get longer and longer. And, you know, you, you get to a point where you can't have a just trial anymore. You can't, after three years, um, properly expect people to remember evidence, or, or even if they do, you can expect a jury to be very quizzical about it. 
you know, it's it's just got to the point where 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 justice is being completely undermined, and and members are taking a stand um, because they are concerned about people. Because if they don't, uh, this system is going to crumble. John, that's really helpful. Very um, very good explanation of everything that's going on. So thank you. Okay, thanks very much. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by Citadel Chambers, a leading and progressive set of barristers specialising in crime and situated in the heart of Birmingham. If you want to get in touch with any of our speakers in this podcast episode, then please visit our website, citadelchambers.com. All the views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and do not constitute professional advice. If you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation, then please talk to us directly to obtain professional advice. Thank you.